He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 67 of A Good Talk Spoiled. Barry here, uh, joined by Will this week. Hey Barry, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, unfortunately, James is in the midst of a super busy season with his wedding coming up, so he might be able to join us next week. Uh, he's still finding time to play golf though, so I, I don't know if we feel second best to golf. Is this some sort of, is this his way of saying that he doesn't love us anymore? Yeah, well, I don't think he ever truly loved us, you know. He loved me. Did he? All right. Oh man, I never, I never got the card. Never felt the love. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, we had we had some terrible issues with iTunes the last couple of weeks. Um, I did some investigative research and found one of those, you know, those poxy little question marks in the black diamond shape for yeah. the little characters. Anyway, I'd been copying across like the names of tournaments when I was doing the episode descriptions, and one of those snuck its way into the um, episode description and destroyed our feed it was some invalid character and was blocking everything from getting out to the internet from our host site podbean so anyway i'm delighted i found it because that would have tortured me much much worse than my play last weekend which was not so good um we had the may medal oh so, we're really going to talk about oh, this did, did, oh, not, not too much, no. okay so i'm going to do mine quickly i started bogey triple double double so that was my tournament effectively over had a few good holes uh, from there until the 12th, I think, and then just made bogeys and a couple of doubles on the way in to shoot 92 gross. Um, many, many hours of tortured post-mortem thinking about it in work afterwards led me to believe that I'm reverse pivoting, which is making me do all sorts of bad stuff. So, uh, anyway, I need to go work on that. Um, Will, you had a... More intense first two holes than I did, but equally devastating to your hopes of winning the medal. I the starting line of the downs is par or sorry is par three par four, so seven shots. I had seventeen shots for the first two holes. Uh, I haven't done that since I was about I'd say about eighteen or nineteen years of age. Um, Sobering. It was yeah. I was one over my handicap uh, standing on the thirty. Ouch. Which is not very good, and I was yeah. very, very disappointed. And then I, I lost another ball on the sixth hole. And I scratched the competition because mm. I just didn't want to go back. My head wasn't in it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just write it off. It was just a bad day. You know, it was, it was a really tough day it. as well. It was a kind of a really harsh west northwesterly wind. It was a bit, a bit cool. The CSS was three shots above par. The two people out of the field of over a hundred broke par. So that kind of gives you an idea about how difficult it was actually playing. The greens were slick. Quickening up at this stage, the greens were talking. Yeah. My problem was I couldn't find them. They were beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, my GIOR stats have gone plummeting the last couple of weeks. Um, like I was to give you an example. Like I was hitting uh, on with the wind with us on the third hole. I was hitting a three wood from two hundred and thirty yards. Now I got it on the green, mm. but that's how bad my drive. My driving was so poor that that's I was leaving myself with those kind of shots. Like you know, yeah, there were there were very few highlights in my round. Um, 
one probably was actually playing by James in true podcast fashion we kind of focus on the negative stuff and all the bad performances rather than the good ones James did have a good one um, we'll give it a brief mention because well we're not going to give him too much credit he didn't bother showing up this week No, he had a top 10 he had a 74 net so which he, is handicap because it's down to scratch it was yes um, he was then he saw his 5 shots off the winning total he had a kind of a poor as he as well amen corner our number is 12, 13 and 14 he did poor 12th and 13th. I think he lost five shots in those two holes. So, you know, makes a couple of pars there. And he's... Do you think that's amen corner? No, it's not. I'm just saying purely because of the numbers of the holes. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. yeah. No, so but I... my amen corner angle in the downs is one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. The, the start in our course is very difficult. If you can get through there and, you know, level with your handicap, you're you're killing it. Anyway, um, more golf this weekend, you know. Oh, I've got so much golf. Oh, by the way, yeah. I won my, my Metro match. Yeah, if we, we're uh, through to the third round now. We're through to the third round. We're playing Woodbrook in the third round on Sunday the 7th of uh, June. So uh, that should be exciting. So um, I'm still unbeaten in singles match play this year. Oh, crushing it. Which is, uh, which is pretty good. Now that's, you know, that could all change next time, you know. So I just have to keep believing in myself. Is know? this what prompted you to tweet the show uh, saying that, you know, comparisons were done between your swing and Rory McIlroy's? Oh, so you saw that tweet? Cause, I did. Uh, I just decided the best burn was just not to respond to well, it. Well, that was the worst thing. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a bit of tw- Twitter banter. <laughs> I'm all about Twitter these days, you know. We're going to do, do a bit of live banter course, here yeah. on the show. Uh, yeah, well, Rory's undefeated in match play this year as well. So there you go. Will and Rory... Undefeated in match play this year. Like, we're both really freaking good at golf. You're both really short. <laughs> Come on. It's true. It's a true one. Oh, my God. And you hit a 364-yard drive like he did on 16 on Sunday. Well, I, I, I can hit a 364-yard drive. I have done it before. Nice. On the 15th in Glen of the Downs. I have... I've also on the ninth hole. I've left myself with a gap wedge in as well, you know. So I, it's been done, but all depending on the wind. Yeah. Now, yeah. To say to do it in the final round of a competition with no to, wind, with no wind, um, that it was realistically to see the shape of the shot that he hit. Now on the other side of that, if that had if his ball had been five yards to the left, he would have been in the bunker, probably in the upslope on the bunker, if not even plugged within the bunker, mm. and he could have walked off with a six. Because even after he hit the ball, if you saw the record, every recording that's been on the, the internet so far, he hit the shot, perfect balance, didn't even look like he was hitting the freaking ball. I know. And then he actually got out of the shot and started walking because he knew that it was going to be really, really tight. The line that he chose, he cut off the corner completely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he nearly like hit a couple of people who were wandering around in an area where they shouldn't have been wandering around. Well, I mean, he was so far beyond That's what the average pro was like, doing. Like, to, why? to carry the bunker was 310 yards. Sick. I don't think anyone else had done it. Like, they said that his average drive for the 16th hole over the weekend was 342 yards. Yeah, yeah. Just... The hardest hole on the golf course. It's, it's, a, di- it's a different ballgame. Yeah. It was a... Uh, on the Golf Channel app, it was good for little bits and pieces. Anyway, um was picked up via a guy called Jay Held on Twitter. He did an analysis of Rory's third round, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, but just quickly on this, he, on um, 15 of his 18 holes, he hit 9 iron or less. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Like, on, on a course that's nearly 7,600 yards. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of Twitter, Twitter was good to you last week. You, we, yeah. We wanted to get some, well, some followers, and the podcast listeners responded in their dozen. In there, dozen. <laughs> so I had a good few uh, responses to my little competition with regards to the signed golf ball. So I'd like to put out an honourable mention to uh, mention to Anthony Ugoni, long-term listener, long-time, long-term listener, listener. Yeah. Uh, and he's living all the way over in Australia. 
so Anthony, uh, just wanted to mention your name and say that I got your address and hopefully we'll try and get something over to you. Mm. Uh, so you might expect something in the post in due course. We've got to get a golf ball over to him. We have to get something over to you. Anthony sent us a video there a little while back doing a kind of tribute to Caddyshack. I think it was with the son in the driving range. Andy was doing like the Carl Spackler voice. No way. It was really funny, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, now, Caddyshack, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, of course. Uh, there, are, there obviously were a lot of other followers that just mm. didn't get in. And so like there was a couple, John Caulfield, John Stokes, uh, James Begley. Um, there was Sean Cooper. Sean Cooper. Now, Sean Cooper came back with a little bit of a response who said, the Patrick Reed of the podcast. Now, I'm really not 100% sure whether it's a compliment or an insult. Is it, you know, so, Sean, if, if you're listening to this mm. at some stage, maybe come back and let me know, explain That's this to me so I can actually get the paranoia out of my head. Uh, but anyway, listen, thanks very much for the follow. He did, he did give you a follow, so even if you got a little insult job in there, it's probably a fair trade, I yeah. guess, you know. Then Mark Randall came back and asked for a signed T. How small can you write? Can I, you do it? I, I mean, or does he want one of those gigantic comedy sized T's? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. That'd be very funny, wouldn't it? If he sent, I'll tell you, Mark, if you send us one of the gigantic comedy sized T's, we'll sign well, it for in sure. his regular size handwriting <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we'll send it back to you. And then obviously Rob Dillon, uh, there was a couple of others, but Rob Dillon, um, had a bit of a jive at me because we'd obviously mentioned that uh, the 100th person to follow would also get uh, a signed golf ball as well mm. and he came back and he went well I know I'm not the first but and I'm definitely not the 100th because he obviously <laughs> had a look at how many followers I had <laughs> so uh, Rob you're definitely not getting anything yeah uh, but anyway first straight in Anthony fair play to you we're straight in straight off the bat yeah. and we had a bit of a back and forth and thank you very much for the invite to play golf in Australia if we ever yeah, get over there if, so. if we ever do yeah but well, in the meantime we'll probably send one of Pinnacle's finest hard oh hard driving box. range golf ball <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, like, there's actually yeah, it's probably a higher higher quality like, yeah, yeah. yeah Pinnacle gold so that was pretty much it so uh, listen anyone else who's listening if they want to get in on this banter get a mention or whatever uh, you know, come back to us on Twitter. It's Will Griffith three hundred eight. You know, if you want to mention or whatever, that's great. I'm really enjoying this whole bit of uh, uh, podcast banter. So thanks very much. Yeah, I mean, did you calculate the percentage you got increased this week? Like twenty percent increase? In it would have been a, potentially a fifty percent increase. Exponential growth. It's I, I'm pretty much up to nearly fifty followers. Uh, so that's massive. You know. So thanks very much, guys. Uh, you can call you call me Carlos was also on he followed you too and he was asking a little bit uh, about what's in our bag no oh, yeah for the equipment corner um, so I think we did this at some stage last year with Bobby and Alan were on the show and James but it does no harm just throw it out there again yeah, recap um, yeah with new listeners and all uh, I'll, I'll kick off you go first so my bag is made up of the moment I have a tailor made or 11s uh, I have an Aldila Rip Phenom stiff shaft at 65 gram. That's not cost custom fit, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, my irons are custom fit. They're Titleist AP2712s, and I have Dynamic Gold S300 shafts. I have Vokey wedges, the SM4 spin milled. I could probably do it to new ones, actually. The grooves are, you know, I'm just going to say my grooves are worn down. I will. <laughs> yeah, but the only place that isn't worn down is the sweet spot. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> the toe is really flat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a 50, a 56, and a 60 degree in those. And currently, I have on loan one of James's uh, old putters. Uh, he has no use for any of them now that he's got his putter from Ford Off. I have a, a, a dong ding. Yeah, mallet head things. Yeah, yeah, with, with with wings and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it believes it can fly. Yeah, uh, I've his white ice tear on putter, which makes a lovely ping off the center of the putter when you hit it nicely. 
Uh, Rose has bowled quite well. Um, been, yeah, been getting more consistent with it recently. The thing I'm really looking forward to now is um, Bee Putters, who we interviewed there a few weeks back. They're doing this brilliant thing where there's, they have one of their putters, it's the Panther, and they are sending it kind of around the world for people to kind of test try it for like two weeks at a time. Oh, you you got so I got this, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, I'm really looking forward. I'll get that probably toward. It'll be more later in the summer, I think, uh, when it happens. Is going on a little tour of America first, and uh, um, then it comes back here. But uh, in the meantime, I might get to see one of them at four golf if that works out. The two, they're be putters and four golf, or have a little chat and scene, just kind of getting to know each other. You know, they're both kind of specialists in what they do, like you know, the precision industry, and um, I think they're getting kicks out of talking to each other. You know, just different perspectives on the game. One from Italy, one from Ireland. Um, I'm mentioning for golf. I'm booked in to go see them next week for a fitting for Woods. So I'm going to add Woods as I add money to my bank account. Oh, cool. I'm going to get a three wood, three wood, four wood for now. So that'll kind of bridge the gap between my driver and my three iron. So that's me. That's my bag. Cool. That's uh, sounds like an expensive old bag there, Barry. Bought a new bag. Bought one of the new. Oh, you t- got the new. Yeah, I got ones. a new type of stay dry uh, carry bags. Uh, brilliant. Really comfortable. Uh, makes you think about how little you actually need to put in your golf bag. Yeah, you know, I, I just motored one that I had on a trolley was just full of stuff whereas this I've really gone paired it all back you know glove few balls wet gear because it's Ireland and it's raining ridiculous amounts at the moment and off I go it's great love right. it so in my bag I'm I'm kind of like the opposite to Barry insofar as that um, a lot of my clubs are quite old and also um, none of them are tailored or uh, custom fit so my driver is a Titleist 909D, and my 3-wood is a Titleist 909F. Uh, they're approximately, I'd say, maybe, I'd say, 2012 uh, golf clubs uh, with the Pro 4 stiff shafts, uh, because of my club head speed is ridiculously fast. Uh, I have a rescue club, which is a TaylorMade Burner, uh, 18 degree, lovely little club. Then my putter uh, is a Scotty, uh, Scotty Cameron California Sonoma, which I love. Um, and then my irons are uh, four to sand wedge Mizuno MX 100s I got them for my 30th birthday and I'm now 35 so I'm still using them um, at this stage and they cause me Sir, no problems certainly well yeah um, now my I have a 52 and a 56 and my 52 is a Ping Tour uh, W and my 56 is a Tyler Spokey so um, that is my bag and I I'm more the kind of person that is a a, a fixer you know I Will if something's not working, I'll fix it. So if it's not broken, don't fix it. Ah, yeah. So like everything's going okay at the moment. Now, if I ever get down to five handicap, I'll have to start thinking about potentially blades or um, hybrids of some sort, you know, uh, in order to get, establish more spin. But because of my club head speed through the irons, I'm actually getting enough spin at the moment. So you don't need to have the most ridiculous clubs in the world to be absolutely amazing like I am. No, I mean, I mean I just, we don't even need, I mean, you see so many pros don't even use blades, you know, um, so it's, it's, what, it's what's best for you. It's what, what suits you. You know, kind of, like I have a set you're of happy, You're happy with your gear, so yeah. that's, that's oh, the like most a, important thing, like 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 confidence like, and happiness in your gloves. Because of the weather we have in Ireland, you know, there is a bit of rust setting in on some of the clubs, like, you know, that's a case of like, you know, not keeping them dry, you know, when you're coming in after the wet and you're playing two, three games in a weekend, yeah. you're coming in, what you should be doing is taking them out of the car, put them in under the radiator, drying them off, all that kind of stuff. And it's just something I don't really do. 
So there's a little bit of elements of rust creeping in on some of the clubs. Yeah, but it's hard. Like, it's a hard thing to like. You're playing for four hours in the rain. You're cold. You come in. The last thing you want to do is go dry your clothes. I barely wash myself. <laughs> you know exactly. So like this. This is one. This is one reason why I really love having the stay dry bag, which it's 100 percent waterproof. My other bag yeah. was. You know, if it rained, even if I put the hood up and I put waterproof spray in the bag, I was still getting water in the bottom of the bag, and the, you know the clubs are just coming out soaked. So this hopefully uh, make things a little easier. I forgot to say, on my clubs are two degrees upright because uh, I'm reasonably tall, so they they were fitted like that. So the club hits the turf properly. Yeah. Um. So mostly operator error at the moment. But yeah, actually, as in, uh, it's 110 percent operator error at the moment for my bad golf. Yeah. Uh, moving on to much better golfers. Um, Roland Thatcher was almost oh. a brilliant golfer this week. Like we don't get to talk about fifty nines that often. Um, Rory McIlroy was on fifty nine watching round three of the Wells Fargo. But Roland Thatcher playing the Web.com tour event, the BMW Charity Pro Am, came up about an inch or two short for a fifty nine, thinking it was it looked good for a long way, and it just slowed up dramatically coming to the hole. And, Kind of turned across the hole, and um, to quote the man himself, Mister Sixty, who uh, he'll be gutted for the rest of his life unless he actually goes and does it. He <laughs> said, um, "It's unlikely, you know, it's to, to have that situation. Maybe and once he's or twice a in career. No, no, exactly. So it's uh, it's that was probably his one chance. If we're realistic about it, he said, honestly, I just didn't think you could leave it short. I was just trying to pick the line. I'm actually ashamed of myself that I left it short for a chance of a fifty nine. That putt has been so quick over the last few years. I just thought if I got it on the right line, it would tumble down there. Um, it, it looked like it had the speed. And just climbing up the hill to the hole, it just turned away around from the hole. Cruel, cruel. But um, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I know. Still I know. shot 60 shots. You know, that's you know something that myself and yourself will never in our lifetimes potentially do. Well, I'm not we, saying never. Yeah, if we just played 15 hole competitions or 12 hole competitions. Nine yeah. hole competitions, basically, <laughs> I played on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, poor Roland Thatcher uh, didn't even win the tournament out with that round either. So, oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, golf is a cruel game. Tiger Woods was posting photos of his first US based course design, which is Blue Jack National uh, outside of Houston on his Instagram. It looks it looks reasonably nice. Um, lovely stretch of land, nice trees, the holes look to be taking shape. Um, I'm sure we'll see him a lot more when it's actually fully done. Um, yeah, there was something else about Tiger there where the, there's obviously a bit of a an ongoing um, banter thing with Tiger where he seems to pick supposedly ridiculous jeans to wear. I don't know if you've heard about this before. They no. always seem to give him a lot of abuse about the jeans that he picks. Right. And I just spotted it on Twitter there. Um, is, there is there a hashtag? Or Tiger's I don't know. Uh, Tiger's jeans. It was at the Tiger Slam. You know, the, the conference yeah. of Tiger Slam thing. And uh, they actually tweeted that they thought his jeans were very nice. <laughs> For the first time ever, he actually wore a pair of jeans that everyone ag- agreed on. Oh, that must have made his day. Oh, I, I just find some of these things hilarious. So I can buy ten pairs of them in different colours and be sore. Yeah, he should be for the rest of his life, you know. Oh, yeah, jeans are tough to find. Um, Ricky Fowler had a great week. He was off to uh, with his girlfriend, Alexis. I love her. The Bahamas, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like Willow's any girl who's connected with golf. Uh, they had a nice time in the Bahamas. Uh, took his week off. Well-deserved holiday after his fantastic players win. Uh, Miss America, uh, Miss Oh yeah, Miss America. Did you see that? I did. She's a very, very attractive. Uh, She's blonde. ridiculously hot. And the, she was actually posing today, and there was a photo of her, and uh, she had um, golf markings 
But what I mean by that is golf tan markings. Oh, okay. She plays a lot of golf. Golf tan lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah tan yeah. lines. Yeah, you can <laughs> see around the neck, you know, the tee, yeah. and then along the arms. I thought you were um, like people were mar- marking her, <laughs> using sharpies to yeah, put like yeah, the marks yeah. on her. No. Yeah. no, it's just it was very. You know, it's one of those things that you can spot a golfer a mile away when the yes. when the summer comes along. Oh, yeah. You know, like they have golf hand where you know from the, the glove from your glove. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. for me anyway, it's it's. Have you ever seen Sam Torrance's hands? Yes, crazy. Sam Torrance is hilarious. He's got the most ridiculously white hand on his right hand or his left hand, yeah. and his right hand is. So dark, it's and unbelievable. Have you seen Stuart Sink's head? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, even Patrick Speed's head is pretty funny as well. Jordan Speed's head, or Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Sorry, right. yeah, yeah. And that was actually funny enough because that was going to be my next, my lead in yeah. to talk about Patrick Reed and uh, the fact that Patrick Reed is now, um, as of today, pulled out of the next two European tour. Barry had a little bit of a snigger there because <laughs> we were talking about something else to do with. Uh, something else <laughs> but um, it was a case that uh, Patrick Reed has now pulled out of the BMW and also the Irish Open which is a bit devastating considering I, we, like, I like tickets for the Irish Open it was going up Big wasn't mark. really going up to see him but it was an, an, an incentive but one of the marquee names well, that course. we have it would be great to see him like, you know um, but the the big thing about it was, that I suppose, the con- the conspiracy thing that people are talking about is the fact that we don't know what's going on with him personally and whatnot, and they may have particularly good reasons for this. Right. But he had actually signed on three days ago to play in the Colonial, mm. but he only actually came out today to pull out of the BMW. Yeah. So it's it was all a bit strange that you know he was doing that kind of stuff. So anyway, he's um, he's gone from the BMW at the Irish Open and. You know, for all his talk about traveling on uh, to the European tour and getting his European tour card and the whole lot this year, he hasn't really made um, an appearance yet. So yeah, it's, it's a disappointing for the European yeah. tour. And look, if there, maybe there is a genuine family reason he wants. Of course, to, he wants to be closer to home. So anyway, um, look, it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit disappointing, but. Uh, there are plenty of other superstars playing the Irish Open. Of course, can't week, wait. So it's, it's brilliant. Um, and the BMW PGA as well. The, yeah. Flag, the flagship event of the European Tour. The other little thing that I, po- I picked up there um, was this thing, remember I, just, I was saying just beforehand, mm. that the PGA Superstore in um, America are offering a full refund for all tailor-made or 15s or aero burners if Dustin Johnson wins the US Open at Chambers Bay. That's really good. It's a really good marketing ploy because, like, you know, he's taking it, you know, he's got a very good, like, what what odds would Dustin Johnson be considering McElroy's going to be in the field? You keep talking on Google. Yeah, he's going to be what? He could be approximately 25 to 1 or something like that. Mm. So what they're pretty much saying is you have to have bought your club up front prior to the 17th of June, which is when, obviously, the US Open starts. And if at that stage, then DJ actually goes ahead and wins the competition, they'll give you your... your uh, a, a, ref, a full refund back now actually we were speaking about this beforehand and Barry asked the question is it going to be a cash refund or whatever you know, credit refund or credit refund story, you know, or is there some sort of a catch we don't know we only got the, the I suppose I only got the bare uh, gist of it from you didn't read the small print there was no yeah. small yeah I didn't yeah, read yeah. the small print so I'm not going to go and buy one anyway no. but um, you know even if it was the case you were going to buy the driver anyway it'd be nice to have you know with the equivalent of $400 yeah. in uh, let's say a credit note it's a, it's, a, it's a free spin at getting $400 back you know it's almost like having a bet on Dustin or something yeah exactly he is, incidentally from our favourite green uh, Paddy Power uh, yeah. he is 18 to 1 18 to 1 but look it's it's a monster long course uh, we know he's got the skills he's come back like uh, I don't know steam train since his sabbatical from golf and he's got his, he's got a pretty good chance there and so you have to imagine Chambers Bay actually suits him 
Anyway, that's well. What... Actually, speaking of Chambers Bay and who it suits and who it won't suit. Uh, good segue. Mike Davis, the uh, executive uh, executive of the USGA, executive yeah. director of the USGA. Here we go. Um, he was talking about Chambers Bay there a couple of weeks ago now, and you know, comment, you know, players have been kind of coming back and commenting on it as, uh, on his comments. So he said the idea of coming in and playing two practice rounds and having your caddies just walk it and using your yardage book, um, that person's done, will not win it. Um, <laughs> okay, so Webb Simpson replied to this sarcastically when he was asked about it. He said, oh, we'll play for second. Um, <laughs> that was good, right? Rory's, I think, was the best. He just said, what's Mike Davis's handicap? Which is <laughs> brilliant. You know, the, these guys have the, the core scouting and down to a fine art at this stage. Yeah, but I think there's, a, I think in, in another way, there's a, there's a lot of digs going out now. I, I love the way Sky are talking about it as well. Like, they're talking about McElroy now a lot because of what he's doing to golf at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's fighting back against the Jordan Speed-isms of this world. Um, but they're talking about the fact of his balancing up his golf time with his personal time. Mm. And realistically, like he's playing so much golf at the moment, going to competition to competition on a five week stretch and the whole lot, which will be leading yeah. into the US Open. Mm-hmm. That what you're looking at is he's going to be going into that fairly tired and he has to come up with a balancing act. So, what the looking at him realistically doing is only arriving on the golf course on the Wednesday. Yeah, he, he said he's planning on maybe uh, three practice rounds for the US Open. Yeah, that's, okay. that's uh, at the moment, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. it's I'd say that's you know you're looking at potential digs coming from people saying you can't expect to come and win the US Open if you yeah. only play two rounds of golf. Now, to be fair to Mike Davis, we're not just going to rag all over him here. He did say, look, I'm not doing this to like throw a red rag to a bull and you know incite the pros and make them angry or turn up in a foul mood. He clarified in saying that it was you know this event would be as much about strategy as it would be about having a, sh- a good short game, you know and. He's got a point, you know, this is a course that very few of them have seen. Now, Jordan Speed's played it before when he was younger. Um, but very few of the pros have actually, will have actually played this before they've come to it. So, you know, the course is undulating. It's got big elevation changes, you know, sprawling fairways. You know, there's lots of aspects of the course that they'll have to learn. Um, as well as having to kind of take on uh, fescue, fescue grass, fine fescue grass, actually, which is found on a lot of the open championship courses, but also in Chambers Bay. So... You know, it could be something that would favour the the British and Irish golfers a little bit more, having you know played a lot more links golf and fescue grass. Yeah. So you know, it's just something to keep in bear in mind. You know, on the run into the US Open, any bets you might be having, and I'm sure um, when we have Steve Bamford on in our preview for it, we'll really get stuck into the nitty gritty. Um, oh, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the ins and outs, and who who may or may not go well. Um. One final thing I found to just today, um, <clears throat> I think this is brilliant, the, lady, <clears throat> the Ladies European Tour, they have decided to move their events to start on Sundays and finish on Wednesdays. <laughs> now, so clever. It's just phenomenally clever. Like, why has nobody thought of this before? There's just like a gap in the gut. I mean, obviously, okay, so loads of tournaments finish on Sundays, but they're starting around one on Sundays, so it's kind of incidental. It's just launching. But no, you know nothing else major in the major tours finishes on a Wednesday, so they have, they have just kind of cordoned Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So yeah, there are you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday live golf days are Ladies European Tour. So they're doing running it this week for the first week. Um, it is in the Turkish Airlines Open. Uh, Melissa Reed is currently leading uh, by one shot from Pamela Presswell. So they're going to round four tomorrow. 
You know, they're, yeah, it's funny when you think about they're going into round four. It's it's just yeah, but it's brilliant. So they've actually they've done a load of other cool things. You know, they've increased their prize funds. They estimate each event will bring like twenty million dollars to the local area and just general coverage. You know, the media. You know, people going on their holidays afterwards, and you know, people going to watch the events. Uh, they also stream every event live in HD on YouTube, which is very cool. Now, they do geo-blocked feeds in countries that are already broadcasting the, the ladies' European tour, but you know, effectively, they've, they've gone and enabled it to be a worldwide, you know, watchable worldwide, which is really, really well, clever. The other side of that is that, you know, you're talking about um, people, for example, men or women who watch mainly the men's tour. Mm. You know, now they're going to be in a position where they're going to be going, oh, well, do you know what, now we've got the... We've got live golf to live watch. Live golf to watch. Yeah, look at me. And, uh, like, the women's golf is phenomenal. It's just a case that if you've got, like, if you want to watch the men's golf, you're going to stick to the men's golf, you know. Mm. Whereas if you're watching the women's golf, it just means there's, good, there's, there's going to be none of that, oh, what will I watch? Because now you can watch, you know. It's great. It's just live golf sitting there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, now for you. Sit went, back went. and enjoy it. Exactly. You know, can't go wrong with it. What was it actually just, uh, speaking of the women's golf, um, and, uh, we're probably going to come into the King's Mill, are we? Are we going to? Are we, we are going straight, straight into, into it. Mill. Yeah, we're going straight so into I'll Kingsmill Championship. In, I'll start into just. Sorry, do you want to introduce it or whatever? Uh, yeah, well, we're going to do last week's tour, last week's events. Um, as always, we'll start with the LPGA Tour, which was the King's Mill Championship, which was from Williamsburg, Virginia. Excellent. Well, I just uh, it was one thing I spotted on uh, Twitter. There it was a lovely picture of Michelle Wee. Obviously, Michelle Wee had to pull out of the King's Mill um, mm. because of the fact that she has a problem with her hip and uh, she had to go and get a cortisone injection but it was actually a very funny tweet of her in a car or something like that I don't know what it was but the face in her was actually very funny and uh, she had a little tweet at the bottom that said um, cortisone injection and a tick and the nurse gave me a lollipop <laughs> because I didn't cry and actually, actually the picture of her had the lollipop in her hand it was actually very funny like you know and it actually brings out a good side of Michelle Wee that, yeah. you know, there was a good while with there where people thought it was a bit, you know, that she didn't have that much of a personality. Mm. Whereas she actually, they all have personalities. It's just a case yeah. of when they get an opportunity to show them, you know. Yeah, and how you let it out. Of the course, movie. when people have a profession, you know, you know. They can't be all professional comedians exactly. or entertainers, yeah, you know. They're, they're professional golfers. But that's uh, no, funny to see. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Minji Lee, 18 years old, another amazing phenom on the LPGA tour like what is going on with next thing you know they're all you know Lydia Co. you have all these you love what 15 year olds winning next you know, know it's yeah. just it just they go younger and younger anyway she took a four stroke lead into Monday after a two hour rain delay caused darkness to halt play for the day on Sunday and she uh, she won by two strokes so took it home you know had to sleep on that lead and thinking about it would she had two and a half well she had a putt on 16 and she had two holes to play after that so you know a lot of a lot of pressure to kind of take for a night's sleep. Oh yeah, she would have much rather finish out with floodlights oh, or anything, you know. Yeah, when you're on the course, stay on the course. Oh like, god, know. yes. To, to, it's only when you get to that little bit older that you you actually don't mind the break. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's, I suppose it's just. I think the break situational. Like when Harrington won the, I know we're going. I come, mm. just that, when Harrington won that thing, I think the best thing that happened to Harrington. This year, when he won that competition, the was the break. Oh, yeah, the break saved him. Oh, because he was, because he was losing ball. shots left, right, yeah. and centre because they were playing so many golf, so much golf that day. Yeah, and yeah. then they ran out of sunlight, and so he had bad momentum or whatever. Bad momentum. And then the next day, he came out and he finished all. He had a birdie straight away. Yeah, you know. So when you get to the other side of it, it's mm-hmm. like you know, it's like the energy you need back. Yeah. So uh, fair play to her. Congratulations, uh, Minjali. So so Yun Ryu was uh, two strokes back, and Alison Lee was three strokes back. Who? 
Last uh, last September was only playing for UCLA, and now she's 61st in the world, and she's almost got an LPGA Tour card. So another young phenom just flying up there. Um, other notable results were Suzanne Pedersen and Paula Creamer. They finished five shots back. It's good to see Paula Creamer kind of back up in the upper echelons yeah. of the leaderboards. Um, hopefully she can go grab a win. She seems to have been kind of in the doldrums for a little while. Yeah. Uh, big week. Um, we'll add another event in. We usually wouldn't. The Seniors Tour. Uh, the region's tradition was on in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama from Shoal Creek. And Jeff Maggard won it on the first playoff hole, defeating Kevin Sutherland. He made a three-foot par push to win, uh, which which was nice for him to do that. He kind of apparently missed quite a few putts throughout the, the back nine. Yeah, yeah. He missed a three-footer on 17 in regulation, so it was good to kind of get over those demons. and you know. But the horrible win, thing is that you know, it's, it, but it always happens that it's the one putt that you've been missing all day yeah. that you have to left to win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's just how do you get your mind around it? Like, but it's like know? the one you miss, like a whole, you know, on say the six, you know, within three holes, you will definitely have that same put again or very similar. Oh, to it, you know, of course. And you hear the commentators going, "Oh, you always get the challenge." You know, straight yeah, away, straight away. It afterwards, it's, uh, it's just it's just the way of the game, isn't it? Yeah. The Open de España lived up to its billing as a tough event, which tough is good. Event, like yeah. all national events, should be tough events. Which the commentators were saying, Wayne Riley in particular was saying, "This is great in a national event." Should be tough to win. Should be low enough scoring, and you should have to really fight hard to win it. And the man who fought hardest was James Morrison, who carded a bogey-free final round 69 to win by four shots from Miguel Angel Jimenez. Put up a very admirable defense of his title. Yeah, big time. Um, Espana from France. From yeah. France, yeah. The French lads are just doing great this year. You know, lots of good performances. Um, Molinari and Hell were also four shots back and Emiliano Grillo who was in pretty much every bunker on the golf course on Sunday was a further shot back on five under so there'll be a few guys like Francesco Molinari David Howell and Grillo will be particularly annoyed about their Sunday performances you know they all would they all would have fancied their chances going in there but James Morrison swung the club beautifully was very very solid and to on that golf course in you know sort of windy enough conditions to go bogey free just and take it home by four strokes is very very impressive. Brilliant. Uh, what was it? So I, I see here that like I have to ask the question mm. because I know Jimenez had a hole in one. He did on the eighth and, and round it was two. beautiful, and he did his whole uh, little dance and he put the sword back into yeah, its holster. But did he also have a, um, a a second shot? Did he also eagle a hole from a um, a shot where he hit it from about one hundred and forty yards or something like that? Yeah, I don't have ridiculous memory. I do have a. His scorecard open here from the oh, European Tour website. Yeah, he, so, had, he had an eagle two on the fifth in round four. Yeah, that's right because yeah. they showed it and he did the exact same dance. Yeah, yeah. he put the, the sword back into the sheet, did his little macarena. <laughs> I think it was. Did I read somewhere there during the weekend that Keegan Bradley said that uh, Jimenez just schooled him completely in oh, match play? Yeah, and that's fair play to Bradley for actually just admitting coming out and saying, admitting, yeah, you got me. Like, and it'll probably help him learn for you know for taking somebody else on a match oh, play in for the future. Cups you know? and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah you it's, know. A, it's a good lesson to learn. <laughs> so I, this is one of the. This is the first time I've got to see a European Tour Sunday in a long time. It was very yeah, very it was enjoyable nice to actually have the different times. You know, yeah. Uh, this course actually the golf club um, Royal Club de Golf El Prat they're looking to put a bid in for the Ryder Cup um, in many many years time like 2022 or something like that great so uh, yeah interesting to see but oh it was a nice course yeah it'll be up against a few others so 
Um, yeah, sure. We'll come to that in time. Course, seven uh, years till till then. Yeah, that'll yeah. be week. Don't uh, <laughs> do four hundred and twenty something. Yeah, if we get that far, it'll be some achievement. Yes, and we'll actually be recording in a studio at that stage, driving our Ferraris, uh, oh, yeah. and um, hopefully we'll have different clubs in our bag. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you might still love your clubs. Hey, you know, you never know. You might sweet have, spots are wearing down now. Must have been. You might have them in your trophy gallery. Oh, could you imagine? Mm. Well, along with my trophy wife. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost Will for a couple of minutes. She managed to dream that. I will move on to the Wells Fargo Championship yes! from Quail Hollow. Wells so, Fargo. Yeah, uh, Will's 15 minutes of Rory McIlroy is about to commence. So, this was played from in Quail Hollow, the host to the 2017 PGA Championship, where I'm sure they're going to put a few tweaks in place of the course, maybe grow the rough up a little bit, because Rory absolutely blew this place apart. Oh, well, I think the only thing they're going to have to do is, if, if I was the director of golf uh, for um, Quail Hollow, what I would do is I would actually ask Rory McIlroy to play the golf course with the actual designers of the golf course, and ask him where they think they should put... Yeah. What would screw you up the most, Rory? <laughs> yeah. Or put, put a set of Rory tees on because he was so far ahead of the field in driving. But no, funny enough, he was second in driving in behind t- your man. Yeah, that's, that's total driving. You have to bear that in mind. So that's a combination of distance and accuracy. Yeah. No, I know in distance he was number one. But in, in everything, in your man Rogers, who came second, came total like, driving. Total driving. Uh, oh, Max McElroy was miles ahead of everyone. Yeah, so uh, they were just, you know, the Americans are very obsessed with their records and their stats. Um, so there are no, there's no end to the amount of them this week. So here's a few of them. It was the lowest winning score in tournament history at 21 under. He broke his own course record, which he held, jointly held with Brendan De Jong, who tied it last year. So McElroy shot his win in his win in 2010 in the final round, and De Jong shot it last year. It was just, a 62. Just one little thing about that was the mm-hmm. fact that uh, McElroy's was McElroy's 62 was on in 2010. Mm-hmm. The course had been redesigned since then. And so Brendan de Jong's 62 was actually on the new course. Oh, was it? So that's why, although it still stands as a course record, yeah. it's not the actual course record. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, how much of a redesign means a new record? A new record. Because, that's yeah. why it stays the same. But like, if yeah. they were talking about the record, they would have actually been talking about the fact that it was redesigned. So, irrespective, he went out and beat his course yeah, record. just said this and enough of this. I don't like sharing this. Yeah, it's I don't mine. like this redesign malarkey, you know. So, yeah, went and shot a third round 61, which was crazy, crazy, crazy good. Crazy golf. Um, I, if, you're, if you're a guy competing against McElroy and he goes out and does this, like, do you just, what do you do? Like, how do you think, like, I can actually go compete with this guy? Do you do you believe it or do you just go, wow, he's what just... What was your man Will McKenzie saying? He's just that far ahead of us. Will McKenzie, who, by the way, is supposedly the coolest guy in the world because he's just done absolutely everything in his life from abseiling down mountains to, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden he just takes up golf and gets onto the PGA Tour. You know, like, it's kind of one of those guys that's just amazing. You, you want to hate him, but he's actually really cool. So yeah, he's really cool. You just want to go for beers with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> playing him golf, you know. Yeah. But he was interviewed afterwards because he was playing with McIlroy in the third round. And he said, like, you, you kind of want to concentrate, you're trying to concentrate on your own game, but yet you actually just want to watch him because of what he was doing. Yeah. Now, maybe yeah. Not, not every time you're playing with McIlroy because he's not going to do 61s all the time. No. But on that particular day, he was kind of saying, uh, all I want to do is watch him. But like all he did, like if it wasn't for the missed put on eleven, he would have been uh, ten birdies in a row. 
Yeah. And that was a missed birdie put. Like, it wasn't like just he scrambled for a par. He lipped out for birdie on two, lipped out for birdie on four, and could have got a birdie on 11. And that's your fifth, that's 58. Yeah, it was a stunning, stunning round of golf. Uh, but there's one thing I will say about that, and it's amazing how the game of golf goes, is that he scrambled on the first hole, and he had a seven-foot putt for par, and he got the putt for par. Now, mm. if he had missed that putt for par, it could have been a completely different day. Yeah, I, it's, it is funny. I mean, and the amount of rounds you see that like the player starts at a bogey in their final round, and then they in, in the round, and then it kind of unshackles them, or they just it changes their mindset or whatever. Off they go. That was like me on Saturday. I had a nine on the first hole, and then I went to <laughs> and had an eight on the second, <laughs> and then gave yeah. up on the sixth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so focused on the par, but then I decided I have an eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. know <laughs> uh, it was it was a stunning it was a stunning round of golf. Like you know, um, he you know. It was just, it was even funny. What I actually found amusing was watching it was that, uh, um, what's your name, Coltart? Andrew Coltart. Andrew Coltart, yeah. who I love, his commentary on the golf, like I think he's very, very good. Um, he actually asked the question on the fifth hole when McElroy was in the bunker after a second shot. Mm. And he hit his bunker right and nearly went into the hole, right? And Coltart turned around to the whoever was commentating with him. Mm-hmm. Could have been Ewan Murray or someone like that. And he turned around and he goes, is there something different about... Uh, why am I putting on... Or go for it, go for it. Oh, come Wait, but <laughs> is there something different about McElroy's eyes today? You know, really? it just seems to be something a little bit different about his eyes. Wow. And, uh, you know, they could even tell just by his composure, his the way he was, that there was something different about him. You know, the mm-hmm. kind of like, um, Which I thought was phenomenal because then he went on from there to go par, birdie, 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 birdie. Par, yeah. birdie, 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 birdie. You know, that kind of way. So they had spotted it before... That he'd actually even gone onto the run that he went onto. Wow! So, yeah, so these guys can see it. They, they get a sense. Like yeah. it doesn't always happen when you see that in somebody, but uh, that's it's pretty amazing. His the stats he he beat the field by seven strokes gained total for that round was ten strokes. He was ten strokes ahead, over ten strokes ahead of the field average for that day. His <laughs> his average driving distance uh, in round three was three hundred thirty four yards. Um, just his average driving distance for the week was three hundred twenty one point one, so uh, yeah, he kind of he kind of crushed it and, and beat beat you know obviously beat the field by seven shots in the end. Uh, Will's phone's gone off in the background. Airplane mode, Will. We've discussed this before. Um, plenty of people were tweeting about his results. Uh, the best one I saw was Kyle Porter of CBS on Twitter. He said, "Since Rory broke up with Caroline fifty two weeks ago." Um, between the PGA and the European Tours, he's had 23 starts, 7 wins, $12.9 million in earnings, 2 majors, 1 Ryder Cup, 216 under par, and 0 rivals. So, Boom! <laughs> kind of does it. I, I think the, most, the really impressive thing is, you know, he saw you know, Jordan Spieth win the Masters, and Rory saying that kind of woke him up a bit and got him a bit, fired, a bit more fired up and focused. And, you know, he's won the match play a couple of weeks ago. Then Ricky Fowler, another young gun, steps up and wins the players last week. And Rory, who hadn't, who didn't have this tournament on his schedule earlier on the year, had you know added it, you know, not so long ago. And he goes, oh well, here it is, and these lads are stepping up again. Even though I won the match play two weeks ago, maybe it's time to put another Rory stamp on the world of golf and further cement my number one status. Well, and so that's he, the, he checks his number one status every week. Oh, it's he did it in such style. I mean, what players can just pull that performance out on command? But the funny thing about very few. But like even the, what he was saying, like you know, after the first round, he turned around. He kind of said, uh, "I've done what I wanted to do." 
in the mm-hmm. second round he said I'm in a good position I'm only two, two, two behind the leaders um, and, or three behind the leaders I think it was uh, Simpson was three ahead going yeah, into the third round uh, Simpson was ten under Mark Roy was seven yeah. under yeah. so Simpson was three ahead went out and played his third round shot a 68 and came in three behind yeah four, four behind. behind yeah so you don't you wouldn't expect that yeah like he, that, he did everything he needed to do as a leader and he yeah. certainly wouldn't have expected that person who was forehead of him to be Rory's you know yeah exactly it was somebody else who was tied in with 10 under you know oh yeah but you know you could imagine if it was someone else that you'd be kind of going fine he'll fall away or whatever potentially like yeah. you know um, but I liked that uh, that that comment by your man about the zero rivals you know after what McElroy said about you know they were asking the questions about the rivals and he went I don't mind who the rival is or the rivalry is as long as I'm mm. one of them uh, he, he has had 11 wins since the beginning of 2010 which is 3 more than anybody else in that span so he's, he really is just killing it and it's awesome that he's Irish we get to support him extra more <laughs> for fun okay, I can't read that phrase came out really poorly but what yeah. did you say? I said we get to support him extra more so yeah, oh, that's a wow. language fail. Yeah, we wow. get to yeah. <laughs> that was a real Americanism. Uh, fail at that. Yeah, moving swiftly on, uh, Patrick Rogers had a great week. Yeah, this is Patrick back Rogers. To him. Yeah. So he got played a bit by injury last year in the Web.com Tour Finals. Could only play one of the four events, I think. Um, anyway, sponsors invite in this week. The sponsors must have been absolutely patting themselves in the back. Of course. What a great, what a great invite for yeah. you know him to compete. He needed a solo second to unlock the uh, unlimited sponsors invites thing they have on the uh, PJ Tour. He didn't quite get that. He finished double bogey bogey, I think, and finished tied second with Webb Simpson. Uh, now, we only need 65 cup points to get his unlimited sponsors invites. He'll probably have a couple coming up anyway. And if he keeps playing like that, he'll get those 65 cup points. He keeps on hitting the ball off the tee like he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a, a monster as well. Exciting player, like yeah, really interesting to watch. I want to see more of him on TV. Yeah, but there's, as I said, there's another couple like you know they were talking about. Um, he wasn't playing. He was he playing with Justin Thomas. He rooms with Justin Thomas. Yeah, yeah. and they were playing together. Yeah. And like Justin Thomas is another great player. He he is almost too eager to win. He's no. got he's just there's talent flowing out yeah. of him. Like and he he will get across the line. Oh, it's great to watch all these guys playing. Like you know, it's yeah. it's, it's great to see it. Very exciting few weeks. It's been really yeah, enjoyable. Been good. Uh, it's good to see Phil Mickelson uh, play just good golf in a regular event. Uh, yeah, but what killed Mickelson again was the round three triple bogey eighteen. That hurts. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, fourteen under, or he was eleven under. And he went back to uh, eight under. You know that's a killer. Yeah, you can't. That's it was his competition over at that stage, especially with McIlroy doing what he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's credit to Phil. It was actually an interesting start. Uh, it was his first top ten in a non-major tournament since 2013, since the FedEx Cup Finals. Uh, that's incredible. Like, so it's a whole pretty much a year and a half since Phil's had a top ten in an event that's not a major. So. Look, it's, it seems like he's lining himself up for Chambers Bay. It's good to see Phil a little bit of form going into that. And, I mean, look, we'd all love to see Phil get that career Grand Slam, get that US Open. Those six second places. Six second places. That's that's just that's worse than missing a putt for uh, 59, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Colt Nost made a hole-in-one. Got to, got to mention his hole in one because you know with him and his hole in one, it was really cool. Like it was a great celebration on the tee. You know, on the tee, this is in round two, yeah. Um, and he was like high five, and there was a kid behind. And Cold Nose is one of these. Just seems so such a cheerful, nice guy, and this huge ear to ear smile. And his caddy was like, 
okay, enjoy the moment. And it was like, right, listen, get your get your game face on. We've got the 18th to play. It's not an easy yeah. hole. And you probably need a birdie to make the cut. And, well, he went ahead and birdied it and made the cut. Now, he didn't have a great weekend. He was yeah. one over par for the weekend. But made the cut, and he's had a string of missed cuts before that. So yeah. it's... But yeah, it's good. It's like it could be just something crazy like that could turn things around. Of course. But the funniest story about the kid um, on the tee was the fact that the kid actually gave him a broken tee. Oh, really? To hit the ball off. No way. That's why they picked up the little kid afterwards and he gave the kid a high five. was because ah, the kid gave that. him a broken tee and he went and hit the ball with the broken tee. Well, obviously his club, but he put the ball on the broken tee and hit the ball. <laughs> I don't think he needs to clarify yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, obviously, when the ball went in, he went back over and someone picked up the kid and gave him a high five. So it was a very, very nice moment for the kid and for oh, everyone around. Wow, and that's that. awesome. Yeah, it was a really nice, touching moment. Right. So, so fair play to him, like, you know. And he looked like a real fun, bubbly guy. Like, you he know, does, yeah. He was kind of like, it was his first, you know, a lot of these players these, this year who were getting the whole ones, it's their first ever in professional uh, in professional golf. Mm. You know, it was like McElroy's, um, you know, was, you know, well, that was his... Um, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was his first in a long time. Like buses, you know, wait for one for ages and then a string them come along. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, one final thing about McElroy, he jumped on Twitter when he was on his private jet on the way to London uh, and used the, you know, the Periscope live streaming app uh, to do a live stream of... Um, his ter- terribly misfortunate life, you know, being on a private jet. Uh, so he was there with uh, JP, his caddy, and a, you know, a couple of family friends. And he was answering fan questions. They were changing music in the background to people's requests. Um, somebody asked, he somebody asked how much uh, JP made his caddy. So Rory jumped in beside him and said, "This man made 140 grand today, which is cool." It's pretty cool. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's ten percent, is it? Because it was one point four million, I think. Yeah, it's ten percent. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of caddies are. It's not quite just a strict ten percent rule anymore. They're on very much a more sliding scale. So it's like ten percent if it's a win. Maybe it's like seven percent if it's a top five. Yeah. You know, and, and sliding all the way down. You know, they make. You know, they only just make the cut. They don't make that much. You know. Well, I think there's general rules like you know, for example, if you're starting off as a tour pro, or whatever, you might get a caddy, mm-hmm. and they may turn. They may get a salary. So they yeah. a salary of fifty thousand as they're starting off, like you know, looking away. It what about Jordan Spieth's caddy? It could, yeah, it's a, a math teacher, a math teacher who took a year sabbatical and just took a punt on him. Yeah, what a punt! Good big punt. punt. Good <laughs> dice rolling. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, anyway, I love you, Michael Roy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. We, we'll tweet that from the. You can tweet that from your own account. Okay, sorry. See if see if Rory will follow you back. Yeah. Um, the LPGA Tour moves to New Jersey um, to Galloway to play from the Stockton Seaview Hotel on Golf Club for the, uh, as usually, short-titled LPGA Tour events. The ShopRite LPGA Classic presented by Acer. They really get the sponsors in. Yeah. Uh, Stacey Lewis defends, and uh, we will have the results of that next Great, week. Yeah. Um, the BMW PGA Championship, the flagship event of the European Tour, Takes place in the Wentworth Club in Surrey in England, and Rory is defending. So this kind of started off his uh, his dominance of the game again. This last was year. this was the like literally in the day or two after he broke it off with Wozniacki and said the best place for him was in between the ropes because all he had to focus on was golf, golf and he yeah. didn't think about that at all. Um, and plus, he wasn't in a winning position because he was he was five behind going into the final round yes. of that last year, and he yes. just he shot a sixty nine or something like that, or sixty six or something. I can't remember what he the shot. Odds all, the odds all helped him out. Yeah, everyone yeah. else fell away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, there's been some big name winners of this event over the year. Um, moving back to more recent times, we've Luke Donald, Paul Casey, David Howell, you know, all the way back to Monty, Woosnum, yeah. um, the great Seve Ballesteros, Nick Faldo, all the way back to Peter Alice in the early days, Bernard Gallagher, uh, Harry Bradshaw, you know, so it's littered with big, big names, and there are lots of them in the field this week. Uh, we will go through the odds quickly. Uh, from the top runners Rory is 11-4 to a little bit shorter than he was at 3-1 to last week yeah. uh, Rose is 10-1 to Westwood 25 Donald 28 as is Francesco Molinari Jamie Donaldson's 30-1 to Keimer 35 Shane Lowry 35-1 to based on his second last year yeah um, Brandon Grace also 35-1 to Danny Willett David Howell are 40-1 to Brooks Kepka is 45-1 to and at 50-1 to we have George could say it. Uh, Sorry? That's it. I've said it once. It's done. <laughs> uh, Grillo, Jimenez, Beesberger uh, are all 50 to 1 and the rest are uh, out beyond that. Uh, I really like this event. I'm really looking forward to it. I love the par 5s out towards the end, the 16th and the 18th. Yeah, 16th is a great par 5. Yeah. The, the big hook, the hooks you need. Um, it's a wonderful course to, to look at all the big trees and it's very... It's all very nicely done. Uh, I really love enjoying it. Uh, watching it, I can't wait to see it. McElroy, just a couple of things. McElroy is paired with Jamie Donaldson and Martin Keimer for the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. So that should be interesting. You know, Ryder Cup buddies, all that kind of stuff. Keimer was saying he thinks this should be on a little later in the year. Um, yeah. Saying the, the greens aren't always at their best. And then, you know, they were talking to members and members said, look, come back here in six weeks' time. The greens Perfect. will be ridiculous. Uh, he said he'd love to see it between the US Open and the Open Championship. And maybe it should be seeing it as their flagship event, you know. But I guess it's kind of come. Maybe their plan is to have a close to the players' championship. I'm not yeah, sure. it's hard to know. They, they can't schedule everything. It's like a down week in America, you know. So yeah. they've only got the colonial on this week in America. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you're talking about the TV rights. Now I know you'd you'd be able to do both, yeah, uh, because of the time differences. But that's what they have to try and figure all this kind of stuff out. It's a it's a tricky balancing act, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say about that is that uh, Niall Horan is again caddying for Roy McIlroy in the P- the Pro Am tomorrow, so there must be a little bit of a, a bromance. Uh, it's happening. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. Yeah, uh, and then one last thing is that the car that they are giving away for the hole in one on the fourteenth in the BMW is amazing. Is it the i8? It's the BMW i8. It's a great car. Oh my god! It, lo- it looks so. It's like a futuristic thing. It, it doesn't even look real. Yeah, it looks like something out of a movie. It's, oh, yeah, like, but so was that movie with Tom Cruise? You know, where the it was like uh, uh, Minority Report. Minority the Audi with the crazy oh, wheels. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like that. Should we probably shouldn't I mention Audi when we're talking about BMW. BMW but yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, but it just looks amazing. Like, it, do, it does. It looks like something just plucked from uh, twenty years uh, hence. Yeah, total recall or something like that. The, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Crown Plaza Invitational takes place at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. Adam Scott defends. So the chances of him defending, definitely defending with his current uh, putting woes are um, probably quite slim. The course tends to favour experienced players. Uh, since 2001, the average age of winners is 38 and a half years old. And the average amount of starts it has taken to w- get the win around here was 8.27. So, you know, you need to have played this on average eight times or just a little over eight times to have uh, to, to get your win. So... Uh, maybe something to bear in mind when having a look at uh, the odds and who yeah. you might back this week. 
Um, irrespective of the bookies, um, they don't pay attention to that. Jordan Spieth is 11 to 2, and yeah. he's probably half the average age, or just yeah. just a little bit above that. I think they actually have odds on McElroy winning that competition as well. <laughs> yeah, he's not playing. He probably could do it. <laughs> uh, the way he's playing at the moment, it wouldn't put a pass him. Yeah. Zach Johnson's 14 to 1, Jimmy Walker 18 to 1. Adam Scott, defending champion, is 22 to 1. Uh, Ryan Palmer, 25, as is Patrick Reed. Who disappoints us by leaving? But anyway, he's probably got he's got something going That's on over reason. there. Paul Casey, strange. He's not playing the BMW PGA, but he's over in the US PGA. You know, he's over in the US trying to win over there. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so is Ian Poulter, but you know his record in Wentworth is atrocious. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's What's no the point for him. It, like, it really know. is. Like he's probably he's got more missed cuts than made cuts there. Uh, he's 30 to 1, as is Chris Kirk. Kevin Na, who's playing very well recently, is 33 to 1. Charlie Hoffman, uh, Kevin Kisner, Louis Westhazen, I think he pronounces it. Everyone, everyone says Ustazen. He did an ad with things said Westhazen. West, it's pronounced Westhazen. I don't know. I'd say it depends what. Van der Westhazen was the. Used Van der Westhazen was, was the rugby player. player. Yeah, but is that. Pr- I don't know. Let's not go into that. <laughs> the, the <laughs> Kisner, Westhazen, Ustazen, uh, and Hoffman are all 40 to 1. Brant Snedeker, Ben Martin, Brendan Todd are all 45 to 1, and then 50 to 1, and I stress, I have not done enough research on my tournaments this week, or my stats, and my players, to have my picks and bets done yet. So, um... I'm going McElroy for, Went- for Wentworth. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> and then I'm going to go for, um... I'm going to go for Chris Kirk for the Colonial. Yeah. I might actually just mention Kevin now. I think he's been playing very well recently, and there might be a win in his future. I think I might go each way in him and he's playing very well but I wonder whether he'll get the win. But it'd be nice. It'd be nice little each way quarter of 33 to 1 would pay a few little quid. Yeah. Nice. Uh, put more golf balls in my bag because I'm losing them at a rapid rate these days. There's one thing I'd, I, if uh, just before we obviously you know, close it off there but speaking of Adam Scott um, he's obviously playing you know obviously pretty bad golf at the moment but they were having a discussion on the web there recently about the Olympics mm-hmm. now what you have to take into consideration is, is Adam Scott is, is he a shoe in or not we don't know but he turned around and he kind of said if he didn't make it he wouldn't miss it he said it's just an exhibition you know now this is going back to what McElroy said about the Ryder Cup you know years ago and it's because he had never experienced it now McElroy mm. is the true supporter of the Ryder Cup thinks it's the best thing in the world but similar to Adam Scott it's because he's not playing well that there's a chance he might get selected yeah well, like, is well, it a defense I'm, mechanism, or is he yeah, just, it's just kind of like you know, put it out there as in to say, like, I don't mind if I'm not picked. You know, I wouldn't miss it. You know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, he'd probably be grumpy in Disneyland right now at the moment. Oh, you know, the way of course he he'd is. be grumpy in Disneyland. So, <laughs> how would you be grumpy in Disneyland? Adam? I don't know. Adam's not good. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, on that happy note, yeah, let's, yeah, uh, yeah. let's wrap it all up. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, we're at Podcast GTS. Um, get into the draw for a sign ball for Will, for all other followers. Yeah, Will Griffith 308. There you go. Anthony Ogoni, we're going to, um, well, Will's going to put on a balaclava and go get a range ball. Yeah, yeah, we'll sort something out, <laughs> And we'll, uh, we'll borrow a sharpie, a sharpie from somewhere and get that yeah, ball yeah. off to you. Uh, if you have something longer than a tweet, we have email. It's uh, goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. So send us something on and we will get back to you on that. Thanks a million for listening. Hope you enjoyed the golf this week. And if you're playing, play really, really well. And talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 Well, you're fine. Bye-bye. <laughs>